Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. This is Season 6, so sit back and enjoy. Listen to some stories of the weird, of the odd, of the strange and unusual some ghost stories, some cryptid stories, some just strange stuff. Again, welcome to Season 6. Enjoy! Hello everybody, my Mysterian friends. Have you ever sleptwalked? Or sleepwalked? Or whatever you call it? perhaps even performed a walkabout while in a somnambulistic state? Ever vacuumed the carpet without turning on the hoover? There are a number of stories of people doing perfectly normal chores and tasks while asleep, and other stories of people doing outlandish things while in the same netherworldly state. My wife has been a sleepwalker in the past, but not so much in adulthood, but it certainly gives life a paranormal activity quality to see her standing at the foot of the bed looking much like the girl from the ring. A friend of mine recently shared that he has occasional bouts of sleepwalking like once every couple of years. And one happened just recently said he found himself in the parking garage where he lives, which in itself is not unusual, except he didn't remember how he got there or why he was there. And to add insult to injury, or in this case, injury to insult, he was lying face down on the floor with a busted nose on top of it. He's still a little tender, but he's recuperating nicely, he says. But he told me the story and then asked if I'd ever investigated the mystery of sleepwalking and its physical opposite, I guess you would call it, sleep paralysis. I admitted that I hadn't. So here I am, tripping along the yellow brick road in the land of Morpheus. Won't you come along and we'll visit these mysteries together. First off, some explanations. Sleepwalking, also known as somnambulism, involves getting up and walking around or doing things in a state of sleep. More common in children than adults, sleepwalking is usually outgrown by the teen years. Isolated incidents of sleepwalking often do not signal any serious problems or require treatment. However, 
Recurrent sleepwalking may suggest an underlying sleep disorder. Sleepwalking in adults has a higher chance of being confused with or coexisting with other sleep disorders as well as medical conditions. If anyone in your household sleepwalks, it's important to protect him or her from potential injuries related to sleepwalking. My wife said apparently she only tried to go outside one time but her parents stopped her. So that was when she was much younger because I've known her since she was 20, 21, something like that. Sleepwalking usually occurs early in the night, often one or two hours after falling asleep. It's unlikely to occur during naps. A sleepwalking episode can occur rarely or often, and an episode generally lasts several minutes, but can last longer. Someone who is sleepwalking may get out of bed and walk around, sit up in bed and open his or her eyes, have a glazed, glassy-eyed expression. Now, a lot of people I know have a glazed or glassy-eyed expression normally, so that's not a real good judge. They may not respond or communicate with others. They may be difficult to wake up during an episode. They may be disoriented or confused for a short time after being awakened. They may not remember the episode in the morning. They may have problems functioning during the day because of disturbed sleep. And one of the worst, I think, situations would be that they may have sleep terrors in addition to sleepwalking. Sometimes a person who is sleepwalking will do routine activities such as getting dressed, talking, or eating. They may leave the house, or try to. They may drive a car, which is totally frightening. They may engage in unusual behavior such as urinating in a closet. They may engage in sexual activity without awareness, which may not seem very different in some cases than if they're wide awake. They may get injured, for example, by falling down the stairs or jumping out the window or falling flat on your face in a parking garage. They may become violent during the period of brief confusion immediately after waking or occasionally during sleepwalking. Occasional episodes of sleepwalking aren't usually a cause for concern and typically resolve on their own. You can simply mention the sleepwalking at a routine physical or well-child exam. Or if you're an adult, you know, somebody's with you and they know about it, can say, oh, doc, you know, he's been sleepwalking a little lately. But if it becomes a problem, you definitely should see a doctor. Of course, there are evidences that some instances of sleepwalking can be drug-related. Now, I'm not talking about illegal drugs. I mean drugs prescribed for valid reasons, which help in their prescribed areas, but due to human differences in physiology and body makeup, are they the same things, I wonder? They can have adverse side effects on certain people. Some interesting stories of sleepwalking are as follows. 
I was on this particular drug, which I won't name, for about two years. After a couple of months, I started realizing I was doing weird stuff that I didn't remember after I took it. Nothing serious that I knew of, but I would wake up with food all over my bed. Or there would be posts I made online that I had no recollection of. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, so I stayed on it. One night, towards the end of my time on this drug, I woke up in my car. I was in my pajamas. I was driving and crying. I knew where I was, but I had no idea how I got there, and I didn't know why I was crying either. I pulled into a parking lot and waited until I was done crying for no apparent reason, and then I just drove back home. It had to have been like 3 o'clock in the morning. I did continue to take this drug for a little bit after that incident because my insomnia was really bad and I didn't know what else would work. But I saw a new doctor and when I told him about it, he took me off it immediately, saying no good can come from that drug. A doctor reported a patient who had sleepwalking episodes in his apartment building. He went off with his friends and had a few drinks. Later that night, he was found naked in the hallway of his building. They took him to the hospital, and his blood test showed he wasn't intoxicated. The building said he had to see a doctor because otherwise they couldn't let him live there. It became a safety measure at that point. Another lady tells this story. Around when I was seven or eight, I walked to the neighbor's house in the snow and rang the doorbell. I think it was September or October and I was in, in Colorado and I was probably only wearing a flannel nightgown. I have no recollection of whether they answered the door or how I got back home. My grandmother told me it ran in the family. My uncle sleptwalked all the way to his grandparents' home a few miles away. And then there's the really unusual ones. On an extremely stormy night when I was four years old, I sleepwalked into the pantry and ate some cat food. Just a little bit. It was the crunchy kind. As soon as I tasted it, I woke up. Another time when I was around seven, it was actually scary because I sleptwalked out of a tent where my family and I were camping in northern Canada. We had spent the entire day watching bears feasting on salmon, and we heard wolves too. I left the tent in the middle of the night and wandered toward a lit area. I climbed over a low wooden fence, then woke up. Then there are the really scary situations regarding sleepwalking. I have a nice lady that I see regularly, reports one doctor. She's very healthy, she's a great person, and she comes to the office because for her, sleepwalking is normal. Her husband just had an accident and became quadriplegic. So now she has this stress factor of a family member having a major accident. One day she came in and said, hey, I think I need to up my medication. I was in the middle of the street by myself in the middle of the night. You know, she could have been run over by a car. And then the ridiculousness of some stories just gets an SMH.
you know, shaking my head response, such as, my girlfriend stopped me early one morning as I was heading out the door, car keys in one hand, my dog's bed in the other, wearing just a t-shirt and underwear. Apparently, I was on my way to CVS because our dog told me she needed some snacks. Woof. Or this one. Once while sleepwalking, I apparently made my mom check my closet because I thought my sewing machine was throwing up in there and I couldn't stand the smell. I still can't figure that one out. And then there's this one. I used to sleepwalk a lot when I was around 13 or 14 years old. One time I woke up in the kitchen at the counter, completely covered in blueberry yogurt. There's no explanation on some of these. And then there's a hilariously funny ones. When I was a kid, I slept over at my friend Robin's house. Robin fell asleep, but her sister and I couldn't, so we went downstairs to watch a movie. We saw Robin coming down the stairs. We were like, what are you doing? She said, I'm looking for Robin. I told her that she was Robin. She said, I know that. I'm going to find her. And her sister said, she's right here, so go back to bed. And she muttered something and went back upstairs. Robin didn't remember anything the next day. Well, Robin, hmm. All these stories about the strange things people do with sleepwalking brings to mind this joke. And because you know that I am a comedian, I'm gonna tell you a joke or make fun of something. The doctor says, Larry, everything looks great. How are you doing mentally and emotionally? Are you at peace with God? Larry replies, God and I are tight. He knows I have poor eyesight, so he's fixed it. So when I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, poof, the light goes on. When I'm done, poof, the light goes off. Wow, that's, uh, that's incredible, the doctor says. A little later in the day, out of concern, doctor calls Larry's wife. Bonnie, he says, Larry is doing fine. But I had to call you because I'm in awe of his relationship with God. Is it true that when he gets up during the night, poof, the light goes on in the bathroom? And when he's done, poof, the light goes off? Oh my gosh, exclaims Bonnie. He sleepwalks. And it means he's peeing in the refrigerator again. Have you ever felt like you were paralyzed in your sleep and there's an evil presence by your bed? Here's what may be going on. One of the biggest things in paranormal circles these days is what is referred to as sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is a feeling of being conscious but unable to move. It may occur when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. During these transitions, one may be unable to move or speak for a few seconds up to a few minutes. Some people may also feel pressure or a sense of choking. What triggers sleep paralysis? Well, one of the major causes of sleep paralysis is sleep deprivation 
or a lack of sleep. A change in your sleep schedule, stress, or other sleep-related problems might also play a role. Other factors could be involved, including mental health conditions, such as PTSD or bipolar disorder. Whatever triggers sleep paralysis, it in itself is not a paranormal thing in most cases. It's very real. Just why or how it happens isn't clear. Are the triggers related to the paranormal? Not really. The strange situation is that sleep paralysis definitely belongs in the what the feck category. Although sleep paralysis is something that the body uses to keep you from reacting to dreams that may cause harm to you if you, if you do react to them. So it keeps your body in check while you're having these vivid dreams. Researchers believe that sleep paralysis is caused by a disturbed rapid eye movement cycle. You've heard of the REM cycle during sleep. Because it happens mostly as people are falling into or coming out of REM sleep. During that stage, their brains normally paralyze their muscles anyway, so they don't act out their dreams. That's what I said earlier. But during sleep paralysis, the sleeper is awake or half awake and so is aware that they cannot move. There are studies that show that between 25 and 50% of Americans have had sleep paralysis at least once. Many people who have it also have narcolepsy, which means they may fall asleep uncontrollably. Like they're sitting there at, the, at, a, at a lunch counter, for instance, and all of a sudden they just go... I've done that on the bus, but I think it's just because I'm lulled into peacefulness during the ride. Sleep experts believe sleep paralysis might be partly genetic. I, I think this is one of those things that they don't really know, so they make theories and then try to prove those theories, which is the way they do things. Other causes may include stress and disrupted sleep schedules. Think jet lag or doing an all-nighter for college or whatever. Several studies have also found links between social anxiety or panic disorder and sleep paralysis. Clearly, an episode of sleep paralysis can be scary, which has led to some unorthodox theories. Research shows that people in countries as diverse as China, East Africa, Mexico, Newfoundland, and the United States have long believed that paralysis is caused by demons, witches, or other supernatural creatures. Some people believe they're being attacked by demons or having them sit on their chest, and that's where the earlier mention of pressure, they can't breathe, comes from. Often the experience is accompanied by noises like loud buzzing, sensations of being dragged out of bed or flying, and difficulty breathing. In fact, some researchers believe sleep paralysis is what's really going on with stories of alien abductions. Now please notice, please, please notice, 
I did not come up with this concept. Researchers did. Whether I agree with it is a whole nother ball of wax. But they say that, or they believe, that sleep paralysis may be what's going on in cases of alien abductions. Sleep paralysis is frightening, but sleep specialist Cleet Kushida, MD, PhD, says people can take steps at home to stop episodes. Now we're going to move into a little bit of a weird area here because I'll, I'll make it clear to you. He says, skip the nap. Nappers seem more prone to sleep paralysis than non-nappers, Kushida says, unless the nappers always sleep at the same time each day. In other words, I guess he's suggesting that if you take a nap, you have, you have taken away some of your sleep need, so it's easier to be disrupted. Now, having proffered that advice on no naps, the next one will make you rub your chin and go, ah, huh? He says, get as much sleep as possible. Now, obviously, he means at one time. Quoting, there seems to be some evidence that people who are sleep deprived enter REM sleep very quickly, which means they're still awake as their body gets paralyzed, Kushida says. Well, doctor, you just told people not to take naps. He suggests don't sleep on your back. Sleep experts have found a correlation between sleeping in a supine or on your back position and being vulnerable to sleep paralysis. Yeah, because everyone knows that evil entities jump on you or aliens take you for a ride when they find you on your back. Seek care because sleep paralysis might be linked to other sleep disorders, including rim disruptions and narcolepsy. It's important to see a sleep specialist if your paralysis occurs often, Kushida says. And if you're dealing with high levels of stress or anxiety, consult a mental health professional for good measure. Now I need to add a disclaimer. I understand and believe in sleep paralysis. I've had it before, once. And it was because I was using the sleep aid Nitol. I took it once, had one bout with sleep paralysis, and never tried it again. But I think I found out how Nitol worked. See, I had just had surgery on my knee when I got shot, and I had a long cast on that really bothered the back of my heel on my left leg. And it was, it was so uncomfortable, it almost made me cry at night. So I took this night talk. And when I experienced a sleep paralysis, it scared me. So I didn't take it anymore. But I think that's what night does, is that it freezes your, you know, it triggers your brain to freeze your body so that you're, you go to sleep easier. That's my opinion. There are people who suffer from this frightening situation of sleep paralysis, and for them, it is indeed very frightening. 
they see shadow beings, such as the Hat Man or the Hag or other, and I'm not talking about Merle Haggard, I'm talking about the Witch Hag, the old woman, other shadowy figures. Some people see demonic looking faces staring down at them. And I've had that situation before, but there was no paralysis accompanying it, believe me. I was able to get up and get out of bed real quick. But they, they believe that these demonic looking faces are actually coming for them. And still others see aliens. They see grays, they see tall whites. They see, what, little green men with big eyes. Just about every kind of alien you could think of have been described during people having sleep paralysis. Do these people actually see these images or are they strictly something conjured up by their overwrought imaginations? I don't have the foggiest. To believe they actually see these things, well, I believe they see them, if only in their subconsciousness. It's just safe to hedge your bets. If you suffer from sleep paralysis more than once in a short period of time, or sleepwalking for that matter, go visit your doctor. See if there's maybe something wrong with your body, something organic as they say, wrong with your body. I, it couldn't hurt, you know what I mean? Well, listen, that's all I have for this week. You have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.